You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Street food heaven. We're in Japan. Why are you watching videos? Just using my phone to find our next meal. What's that? Let's find out. With my Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra, I can circle it with the S Pen and search right in the app. It looks like it's called Takoyaki. Tofu! Actually, it's fried octopus. <laughs> I knew that. Circle it, find it. With the new Galaxy S24 Ultra and circle the search with Google. Get yours now at Samsung.com. Internet connection required. Results may vary based on visuals. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. At IKEA, your dream home is a blue bag away. No matter the size of your space or budget, we've got everything you need to turn your dreams into reality. And now with new lower prices on hundreds of our most popular products, bringing the dream home is even easier. Like the gray strandum wing chair, was $369, now $299. And the IKEA Plus 365 nine-piece cookware set was $129.99, now $89.99. And hundreds more. Shop new lower prices at ikea-usa.com today. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Happy Throwback Thursday, everybody. Obviously, Charlotte Ray has joined us today. (laughs) Girls! I was doing more of a Halloween thing. Oh, but, but wasn't she? Yeah. Wasn't she in your favorite thing? The which witch? The worst oh, witch? Oh man, Tim Rob, you know what you have to do, everybody, right now. Just please, <laughs> please, just go on YouTube, type in Tim Curry, watch the it, the song that was written by Charles Strauss. Lest we forget, creepy. <laughs> um, it's just what the worst witch. It's 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 his song from that. Oh my god! I just watched it the other day, Rob. It's like a perennial thing. It's just amazing. It's so horrible and amazing. You know what? Uh, Anything can happen on Halloween. Your dog could turn into a cat, huh? That's, really? That's a rhyme no. scheme. Really, Don Black? Okay, all right, enough of that. Yeah, so happy Halloween, everybody, because uh, it'll be November 1st when we have our next podcast. Is that and true? Since, oh, yeah, and since I'm married to somebody uh, who is uh, completely obsessed with Halloween, um, and uh, and I've told you guys all before that I you know, used to not love horror films, and of course, they are played every day, all day, every genre, all genres. We watch the the Eli Roth TV show about slasher. I mean, it's like everything. And you know what? I've gotten used to it and I'm kind of into it, but I, I and so now it's trickled into our podcast. So that's a, <laughs> please don't do that again. It scares me. Okay. I'll stop. Sorry. My, my brother and my mother are huge horror fans. They love horror movies. Oh. They're watching like the top 100. Cause like, oh. some, I think, oh, they, wow. Yeah, like AFI had a list of like the top 100 horror films and all throughout October, they've, they literally watch oh all my of gosh. them. I'll go tell Sutton that. That's great. I'm sure she's can check off probably half of them. I was them gonna right say now. they probably can like confirm. Well, we go through everything. I mean, all the genres. I mean, we watch Cabin Fever, which is like a horrible like '90s one. And the funny thing is, is, a lot of them I've actually seen. I don't know why, but 
high school. I don't know. But um, it, but I, I tend to like the 70s, 80s uh, ones because you can at least appreciate the gore and it's more art- artistry than the actual – I don't like things jumping out at me. But I'm just going to be honest. I, I my fighter – something happened in my fight or flight thing, Rob. And, and you run. Uh, and, uh, and like – I mean it happens anywhere. I somewhat like – I've had a roommate here and I go to the bathroom and they come out of their door at the same time. Oh, I'm like on the floor. I'm a mess. So That's absolutely – Terrifying. I'm not so good at yeah no. <laughs> so I don't like the films when they do that. But uh, what are you going to say? You got to watch a little paranormal activity sometimes. And I, I mean, I, I think the scariest thing is just simply going to be you know Charles Strauss's. What's it called? Worst Witch? Worst anything Witch? can happen on. Type in anything can happen on Halloween. Tim Curry, you guys. You're welcome. That's all I'm going to say. You're welcome. You're welcome. Go back and look at what's a favorite thing a year ago, and it's always going to be a favorite thing in my heart. It's unbelievable that they spent any time at all with the effects, the CGI. The, it just oh, it's just so good. It's uh, it's it looks like really bad public access with that green screen on it. Um, and very exactly, I must tell you. Speaking of uh, fight or flight, um, a plane almost landed on me yesterday. Please tell the story, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's interested, no, just take your time and because it really is unbelievable what happened. And I, it made the news apparently back east. It yeah. Made, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I re- oh. I remember it happened. Yeah. Just okay. So I'm draw. So yesterday, um, very excited. Uh, we got to interview the great Carol Cook, 94 yeah. years old. 94 oh. years old. Yeah. And yeah, she was right. kind enough to let us like come into her home and uh, Beverly Hills to interview her. So I'm driving on the freeway yesterday out here in California, and there's luckily there's not a lot of cars. And I see in the distance, I go, "That's a really low flying plane. Why is that plane so low flying?" And then I'm noticing it's getting closer and closer and closer. And I go, I can see the pilot's eyes. That's not a usually a good sign in terms of aviation, that I can see the pilot's eyes. The plane was about 20 feet over my car and crash landed. And then luckily the guy got out and it burst into flames. Um, I could have been killed. My life flashed before my eyes. And you know what, Kevin? Biggest regret? I didn't buy tickets to Tootsie. <laughs> not yet not yet so i I, no. went, I went home last night i bought tickets to tootsie new found like, peace on life i was friend. like you know you cannot wait you cannot wait it's gonna be sold out so um, might as well might watch. as well do it now but uh, and it burst into and then we found out it was a world war ii nazi fighter plane that a guy had refurbished um and was flying to a local airport and it just went down so i was almost killed by a nazi fighter plane I have no words for that part of the story. Um, and then I got some words because then on the way back from Carol's house, which is this interview is amazing, by the way, we're going to not release it next week, the week after. Um, take a listen to it because it is epic. She's 94 <laughs> years old. First of all, um, Feisty. She, she's so with it. And so like uh, everything was there. I mean, every her memory is insane, Rob. Her mem- She sat on the sofa. We went for two hours. Two hours, um, and at one point, she she was just amazing. She never flagged. Her energy never flags. Um, she is incredible. She has great stories. She clarified a couple of great stories that we've heard before on this podcast. I'm gonna just unreal. She unreal. Was, unreal you it guys. was good. It was a good good time was had by all. But anyway, then driving back because the thing happened on the freeway, it took me to drive 15 miles, just 15 miles, four and a half hours. Oh, you should have taken a plane. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. You should have flown. You should have flown. Anyway. Oh, but, man, Rob. That's insane. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, LA. I'm fine. Hey, LA. Oh, my God. You know what I did? And it was so cool. And I I wanted this to be a favorite thing, but I just we, we can't make it a favorite thing because nobody has access to it. Our good friend and listener, John Moss, took me for the first time to the Paley Center. Oh, wow. And there's a Paley Center in New York and a Paley Center in Los Angeles. And for those of you that don't know, it is the Museum of Television and Radio. And you can go and watch pretty much any program that's ever been on television. So he took me to see um, a special uh, from Yves Montan, the French singer, who did a Broadway review um, for an, uh, it's a television show that was an hour-long special film from New York. Okay. And the cast okay. was uh, John Raitt. And Polly Bergen and Bobby Van and Helen Gallagher. Oh, what! A and great. it was so much fun. Unfortunately, it's not on YouTube. Um, you only ha- can watch it at the Paley Center. I would encourage everybody if you get down to the Paley Center, take a look at it because it was amazing. What's it called again? Oh shoot, John's yelling at me right oh, now. Sorry, sure. sorry, John. Sorry, Rob. Sorry. It was the I... singer e- uh, Yves Montan, the French singer, and it was like Yves Montan on Broadway or something like that. Then we watched a George Abbott special. They did a they did a George Abbott tribute. Um, which was incredible as well. So anyway, um, I I would love to recommend these to people, but I can't because you can't go and well, watch. Well, if you're them. in L.A. or New York City, yeah, go to absolutely. your uh, or if you're ever traveling to those places, go to your go to the Paley Center. And it's free. now how much do you have? Ah, uh, thank you. It's like free. it's like it's like you're in my mind, Rob. It's like I am in, your mind. That, uh, was, that was my James <laughs> Naughton line That's, reading from uh, City of and, Angels. I hope you liked it. <laughs> You know what a nice date. That's a that's a good. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, take someone, take a friend, and go go to the Paley Center, and because you can watch together, right? Yeah, John and I watched together. I think that's pretty cool. It was really cool, and they've got so much great things, so many great things there. So please, yeah. please go and check them out. And there's a wonderful individual named Jane Clain, whose job oh. it is is to co- get all of these live performances that were recorded, and we want her on the show so bad. Yeah, because um, I'm sure she's got stories, and she's like. Yeah. A hound dog, you know, love l- looking and snooping in every corner until she can find what she needs. Um, so anyway, go go down there. That's what I wanted my favorite thing to be, and that's not going to be it. But that's right, because who who can see Kevin? Who can see it? <laughs> who can see it? Do you have Christmas lights up in your house? Yeah, I, I well, they're just for ambiance. <laughs> We're on Skype right now, you guys. I'm Skyping like, the man. They, they were put up one year, and then I think I don't love overhead lights. Full disclosure, yeah. I hate overhead lights. So they just add a nice light without having too much light in the bedroom so uh, yes. i um i got dimmers i did dimmers all my all every room You're in my house fancy. Has a, yeah real fancy oh. every room <laughs> in my house has a dimmer because i'm like i don't like overhead lighting either yeah yeah welcome back to the See. overhead lighting podcast good chat good chat yeah, good chat everybody good chat hey how was your oh, gala good. man it was that. everywhere very quickly, yes. The closer than ever I did on Monday oh night. Um, we talked about it last week. It was fantastic. It was for a benefit for the Abington Theater uh, Group, which is off uh, off Broadway theater company that does new works. Uh, and um, we, you know, we, last year we did "And the World Goes Round" to honor BB Newworth. Uh, and so they they basically pick a, a Broadway social per, a, a Broadway star of some kind and uh, honor them. And so Rob, you'll be maybe next year. Keep your fingers crossed. You never know. Uh, but we honored Donna Murphy this year. And and uh, we chose closer than ever. She it was one of her uh, shows that she had actually auditioned for in 1989. Uh, 
didn't book it, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but she has a connection to it. Like so many people do. A lot of people grew up in the singing these songs in college. And it's just a show that really has spoken to a lot of people in our business. Uh, and it was a really wonderful night. Maltby, uh, and Shire were both there in attendance. Uh, and it was just, it was a very special evening. Liz Calloway sang patterns. Um, uh, Julia killed Miss Bird, but Leslie Margarita singing, you want to be my friend. I'm, I'm st- like, my sides hurt cause I'm laughing so hard. She's so freaking funny and it was just all the songs were so well cast that it was great to see individual you know when you do the show it's four singers they sing all of the songs right but it was really fun to see people that were sort of like perfectly cast for each song you know like yeah. Nicky Daniels and Jeff Creedy they, well he was the, I was playing the introduction and he's like these lyrics I'm gonna say this actually happened I was married before and this is like they, they sang the married song and it was just it was just really a sweet evening and it was a success and uh, I was are really they a couple to be a part of it Oh yeah, they've been. Uh, so fun fact: uh, they are married. Uh, they've been I, they've been together ten years because when I did the first revival of Les Mis, uh, me, Nikki, Jeff, uh, I think sometimes Alex Gemignani, who was Valjean, uh, Leia Salonga, every single two show day, uh, five or six of us would play uh, poker. Uh, in the men's dressing room. And during those poker games, uh, we watched Nikki and Jeff fall in love. Oh, like, that's so sweet. Yeah. And now they've got two kids and yeah, it's pretty cool. So they have, as you would say, Broadway poker, couples. a full yes. house. <laughs> God bless you, Rob Schneider. Thank you for that. <laughs> All right. So yeah, thank, thank you guys. Uh, it was a really, really fun evening and I have just a whole new appreciation for the music of David Shire. And I even, mm. I was talking to him when we were doing the, some of the stuff and I was like, you know, when you play someone's music, Rob, you really, it's so cheesy and nerdy, but like I'm, I felt his hands. Like he has got huge hands and all of the chords you have to stretch over an octave. I mean, he, he's, uh, he, to get really technical with you listeners, but you don't usually play that way in, in theater music. And you can just, his is unlike any other composer that I've ever played. And I played his songs before, but never really dug into them like I did with this show. Uh, and it was just, it was amazing. It was just really fun to get to, to appreciate him more than I knew that I did. Do you get nervous when you're playing in front of a composer, their work? Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely. He's but, such but, a kind guy. They're both so kind. Only only before. Yeah, they're so sweet. But during, no. When I'm playing, it's just this weird sort of uh, dance with the singer. I'm, all, I'm only focused on what they're doing. It's so weird. I, don't even, I can't even describe what it's like, but it's the most euphoric, amazing feeling when it's good material and a great singer and they're telling the story the way it's supposed to be told. It's, it's fun. That's really lovely. That's beautiful. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, favorite things. Hey, everybody. Oh, my God. Favorite Welcome back. Things. Rob, what's your favorite thing? Well, Kevin, I – okay. So I had an idea for a favorite thing, and I started doing research on it, and I'm like, no, this is too geeky even for everybody I mean, out there. So I, I just said – so I switched, uh, but I will tell you what my first one was going to be. What no, was it? No, Kevin, because I, I, I was like, people are going to literally shut this off. People are literally going to hit unsubscribe after, after they hear me talk about this. So <laughs> I, uh, I used to collect stamps. Um, Kevin has dropped the mic and has looked away. Sorry, I, I just I fell asleep for a minute. I'm sorry, Rob. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What'd you say? Did you say you? I uh, I used to be collect stamps. I was known as a uh, flatic Stamp collector. Well, uh-huh. we we have names. We have a more official name than the street terminology that you use. Um, sometimes we are called uh, flatists. Uh, sometimes we are called stamp collectors. Um, sometimes we are called. I should have used a condom. That's for you, Dad. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's, 
he's waving to me right now oh, and gosh. agreeing. Um, and so agree- anyway, so anyway, I used to, anyway, so one, <laughs> I used to collect, um, I used to collect yeah. stamps and, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I was like high school. I stopped cause I was like, this is kind of, this was, you know, crazy. Yeah. Um, and wow. but, but, but one of the things I love doing, this is so stupid. One of the things that I love is at the end of the year, the stamp, the U S postal service comes out with a commemorative book of oh. all the stamps that they've issued in the year. And they give you the stamp and they give you all this history on like how the stamp was created and like who's featured in the stamp and all that stuff. Oh. And so I have all these books back at my parents' house in California. And so I was flipping through some of them and so many of the, okay. So, in totality, 800 individuals have been featured and celebrated on U.S. postage stamps uh, wow. since the first stamp came out. Fun uh, fact. Fun fact. And I was flipping through. I was like, I wonder how many of them were theater performers. So I started like counting and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. But then I'm like, how do I get this across <laughs> to, to, to everybody? Um, your eyes have glazed over. So I, I think I know where this is going. Um, no, this is this is basically the favorite thing. I mean, at this point. But no, it's <laughs> it's, it's what I was going to do is going to be like, oh, my God, like, you know, you should I think because I think postage stamps are many works of art. I really do. Oh, definitely. And so definitely. my feeling was I was going to recommend to people if you could find any of these stamps and like blow them up you can make them posters on your wall or you could make them on a t-shirt or something very interesting in 1993 the US Postal Service came out he's wake him up wake him up Um, David Shires here um, came out with four (laughs) a set of four stamps and they celebrated uh, four seminal American musicals four seminal American musicals what year was this again 1993 what oh. four musicals were featured? Well, obviously Oklahoma. Very good. Uh, Showboat. Yeah, very good. Uh, I'm gonna go out and maybe because this is the a chorus line. Maybe no. Oh shit. Um, Gypsy. No. West Side Story. Nope. Music Man. No. Earlier. Hello Dolly. Oh, no. uh, anything goes. Uh, no, no. One, sorry, one of them's the 30s. One of them is the 50s. Okay. Uh, uh, My Fair Lady. Yeah, that's three. And Good. the one from okay. the 30s was? The one from the 30s. This Gershwin? A tri- it's a Gershwin. Yeah, uh, is it Porgy and Bess? Very good. That's so. a very diverse, amazing... That was 1990 what? Three. Wow. So anyway, and then the next year they came out with like an Ethel Merman stamp. So I was going to do that. But then I'm like, I, there's no way I can do this. I'm gonna, But I'm going to tell you what my favorite thing is. But before I do that, I'm going to ask you one question. Little bit of trivia. Are you ready? I'm ready. How many years must a person be deceased before they can be considered to be appearing on a U.S. postage stamp? How many I, years? First of all, did not know that you the, had to be you uh, have to, you uh, have dead to a couple be, years. You have to be deceased before you're huh. featured on a postage stamp. How Let's many say years? Tw- 25. Let's say 25. Okay, three. Three. <laughs> so it's going to be uh, three, yeah. So that, so obviously I don't collect uh, the stamps. Post stamps. <laughs> so anyway, my, my advice to you is take a look. Oh, my God. They also did an American uh, composer's one that featured like Rodgers and Hammerstein and Meredith right. Wilson. It's like Meredith yeah. Wilson. Like, why did he get a stamp? That great composer. Yeah. It's like he only did he, one, one show. He, it took him a long couple years to write one show and then... And don't and I don't want to hear e- I don't here's, get, love. Here's, I don't here's get, love. I don't want to get tweets from people being like that or unsinko. 
unsinkable Molly Brown too, right? Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah I don't want to hear that shit, people. Here's it's it's Music Man, and that's all he did. So no, nobody bothered here's with luck. anything. So anyway, so my favorite thing this week actually was suggested uh, by a uh, a listener who reached out to us via the Facebook. His name was Jeff Martin, who lives in Chicago, and Jeff Martin recommended this one to me, and I'm like, what a great idea for a favorite thing. So it's an album, my friend. Um, it features something. It's an uh, it features something that we don't normally see in musicals anymore. What could that be? Used to be very big. A harpsichord. Oh, I thought you meant orchestration. How, how dare you laugh at me? How dare you laugh at me for my stamp collecting? No, uh, something we and don't you see just said, like an, like an in one number. I should, I should go back. It's something we don't hear in musicals so much anymore. That Overture. Very good. It's overtures. You're so good. Yeah. Um, and it is the overtures of who I think is the, the greatest Broadway composer who Julie ever Stein. lived. It is. It's the overtures of it Julie is such Stein. a good album that is an incredible album um so for all of our friends this is um there's two volumes by the way the first one is called um everything's coming up roses the overtures of julie stein volume one and it's conducted by the wonderful jack everly and the national symphony orchestra um it came out on j records in 1994 and it's got all of stein's uh great overtures on there gypsy high button shoes gentlemen prefer blondes two in the aisle hazel flag bells are ringing dore me subwaves are for sleeping funny girl fade out fade in hallelujah baby and sugar any one of those no hazel flag uh john moss Any one of those could simply be um, brilliant in its own right. But the fact that it's uh, all on one album, it's really, really marvelous. And fully not, orchestrated. F- and fully orchestrated. Fully, fully orchestrated. And I looked at this. I looked at the song list. I'm like, volume one. What the hell would be in volume two? Because I'm like, they covered everything. So volume two, my friends, which came out in 2000, has uh, such hits as um, One Night Stand. Hmm. Do you know One Night Stand? Literally ran, I think, I, for I one night, I I ironically. On L- I, isn't it an LP? I think I have yeah, it Yeah, they on, made, uh, uh, Bruce Yeko yeah. did one. Yeah, uh, if I ever get you over here, I'll show it to you, but it depends if I can ever get you here, so we'll see. Uh, okay. Um, and the Darling of the Day Overture. Actually, John Musk brought up a good point, which is if you listen to, like, Darling of the Day or the One Night Stand Overture, you think, like, the show's going to be a big old hit, and it's not. Um, no. When I th- just a Rutledge, right? And Vincent yeah, Price, Darling of the Day? Yeah. yeah. When I think of Broadway, though, and I think of composition... My mind always goes to Julie Stein. Well, yes, but I have theories that his voice definitely changed based on who he was collaborating with. And that sometimes he needed a really good collaborator to really, like, really make him pop. So you mean like, 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 (coughs) Hazel Flag? Sorry. (laughs) I don't even know who he did Hazel Flag with. Oh, yeah. Uh, John's singing it right now, but it's like the only person he did pop songs, really. And it's it shows. But it, it's it's I do know when you see like That's a gypsy yeah. compared to fade out, fade in. It's yes, you've got Betty Comden and Adolph Green on one and then you've got Stephen Sondheim on the other. I think Gypsy pops because of Sondheim and I think fade out, fade in is be, it, I, I just I'll, maybe someday I'll do a, like a research paper on it. But I do think that Julie Stein's voice definitely changed based on who he was collaborating with. How very interesting. OK, well, now I'm going to listen to that a little bit more because um, I, I actually really like the fade out, fade in overture. And I the, love fade out. Fade and I in. think I the love- subways are for sleeping overtures good my to as well um so any oh. actually um when they do that hey, oh. what'd you say which one which one <laughs> reds i'm kidding i'm it's a bad joke he, the last show he wrote reds in like, like the 90s oh you mean the red shoes 
Yeah, the red shoes. Sorry, reds, not reds, Kevin. See, I, I see, I killed my own joke. Look that's, at that. Hey, hey, that's okay, man. But only three people are listening right now, so that's okay. So that. <laughs> yeah, but we just got twenty thousand listeners from the Stamp Society. Hey, <laughs> so <laughs> they're excited. Um, so anyway, a, b- a big thanks to Jeff for recommending this to us, but um. It's the Overtures of Julie Stein, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Both are on um, Apple Music, uh, and I think they're on Spotify as well. Yeah. So, so take a listen. Listen for free. I think it's amazing. Um, what is on this second album as well, it's a lot of the overtures for the film versions, which were obviously different than what was in the, in the theaters uh, originally. So yeah. anyway, that's it. And it's, if, if you exercise, which I don't, I'm assuming it would be good to listen to while you're on a run. Oh, yeah. It's brassy and big. So that's my favorite thing. Kevin, what's yours? This episode is brought to you by Fidelity. Stock have too high a price? Buy a slice. Trade fractional shares of U.S. stocks and ETFs with zero commissions online. Visit fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Nice. Uh, I have a Halloween themed favorite thing. Oh, damn it. I should have done a Halloween. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Girls. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, I have a movie, and, and you, could, <laughs> you could also listen to the soundtrack to this movie. Um, and I, I, I had to look it up to see if we'd actually talked about this before, but I consider this a musical movie. Uh, I think you could consider it just a regular old movie. It is not a typical live action movie, which I'm sort of giving it away. It's a stop action movie made by a director, uh, a writer who actually has given us a movie musical, which was Sweeney Todd. So Okay, so it's Tim Burton. Yep. Is it The Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh, it certainly is, which I do consider to be a, a bridge to the Christmas holiday, but it is a, it is a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a Halloween film and it is a musical. Um, and I would like to celebrate it today. And I think everyone should go out and watch it. It's, um, have you've seen it, Rob? Yeah. And it also has one of our former guests in it. Exactly. So uh, it's it's a it's uh, music and lyrics are by Danny Elfman, a great film scorer, and he actually sings uh, the lead role, Jack. But uh, in uh, Oogie Boogie, uh, one of the the characters in the film is played by our good friend Ken Page, who was on our show. Oh gosh, Rob, when was it? Like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, and and Ken has actually. Every time you've ever seen that character on video games, sequels, whatever, TV show, 
It's in, in the parks. It's all Ken. He's the only person who's voiced that character in the world. And I think that's kind of a cool, fun fact. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, he is a part of this. So is uh, the great Catherine O'Hara. I mean, I'm obsessed with Schitt's Creek. Um, who isn't? And who isn't obsessed with Catherine O'Hara? She was also, of course, in Beetlejuice, which is coming to Broadway. Um, but Catherine O'Hara uh, sings in this, and she plays one of the characters in it. Chris Sarandon's in it. I love that there was these theater connections within the film of the people who played these parts. But I got to say that it's, it's the story. It's this, you know, I'm, you've all seen it probably before, but it's, um, it's, it's, uh, the, it's the, they, they sort of intersperse Halloween and Christmas and there's a skeleton who has to go there and they kidnap Santa Claus. And it's just, it's a great, fantastically dark PG story. Um, and it's a musical and it is, the songs are incredible. And I just want to, yeah, I wish that Danny Elfman had, written a musical maybe he hasn't i don't know but um his his he said it was one of the easiest scores that he ever written um and he, he he pumped it out so fast because he feels like he really is that character jack he says but um I think that the songs are original, theatrical, fun. The show is a musical, and I think it's worth celebrating this Halloween season. Rob. So here's the big question. Could you adapt it to the stage? Yeah, it's, that's a good question. I think over the years it's been talked about. Um, I think if you did, it would have to be almost like a Julie Taymor, Lion King type of thing with puppetry. And I wouldn't want to see an Adams family type version of it. I think it would have to be something that probably wouldn't easily translate to the, the regional theaters of the world, but it would be like a very, almost like a, um, what was that shockhead Peter all those years ago? Just like sort of a real avant-garde sort of weird, funky situation that that's i think that's in order to capture the spirit of it because it's tim burton you know and it's he, he you remember that moma exhibit where they they did tim burton all oh, of his so drawings good. yeah and yeah it was wild this man i mean this is based on a poem he wrote in the early 80s um and it's it's just it's wild that um I don't know uh, that you would have to acknowledge that creativity in the musical, I guess. So I think that is an inherent challenge because how do you do that? Right. I mean, that's the part, that's the theory that I've always learned from you, Rob, is that if something's so famous as a film, you, you, how do you make a musical of that? Because your memory is always going to be with the f- film. Did I say it right? I mean, that's yeah. what I remember you, you I, I picked up from you. I mean, I, and I think other people have said this too. I mean, I, my feeling is, is if, um, the, the more cultish the musical, I mean the movie, the more uh, chance you have of doing a, a successful musical version of it. And Rocky Horror Picture Show, I guess that because it's so audience participatory, they sort of skirted that line a little bit when it was revived on Broadway in 2000, what was it, one or something with, you know, Alice Ripley and, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, absolutely. that was like sort of a hit, but it wasn't, that to me is not the same as doing Nightmare Before Christmas on stage. Like that would be different. Um, but I would love to see some version of it again. Uh, it, God knows it's, it's, it's so this well done. Halloween. It's this so fun. Halloween. Halloween. It's, it's, it's great. It's a real, it's a, it's a real, um, it's a good Halloween film. So in this week leading up to Halloween, I would, I would go listen and or listen to the soundtrack or watch Nightmare Before Christmas. That sounds like a great idea. And then after that, to cleanse your palate a little bit, head on over to the overtures of Julie Stein. Oh, volume gosh, I'm gonna one go listen to that. is I'm called that Everything's tomorrow. Coming Up Roses, and Volume Two is called I'm the Greatest Star. Can't wait. And Volume Three is Yes, <laughs> I wrote the Red Shoes and Hazel Flag. <laughs> Enough with the Hazel Flag. I know I'm hating on Hazel Flag too much. I'm sorry. I I'll go listen to it again. And why? And well, what crime exactly. have you committed? 
it's been three times and I still can't sing a damn song from it. So I don't know. <laughs> we just, I keep, every time I hear Hazel flag, I keep thinking of the maid Hazel, uh, that TV show that they tried to make a musical. But Helen sounds amazing on it. I will say she's awesome. She's fantastic. On when it. doesn't she's she sound amazing? Exactly. Hello. Hello, Helen. All right. Has she called you lately? <laughs> no. Helen used to, <laughs> she used to call you. She used to call me all the time. Helen was so sweet. This is, this is, I think this is a sweet story. Um, when we, when Kevin and I went back to do the interview the second time, um, we, we said, do you have any questions about anything? Meaning the, the, the podcast. And she, we said, hoped. and she said, yeah, she goes, I can't get my remote to work. So, <laughs> so Kevin and I showed her and her husband how the remote works. And then I, you know, I, I said in passing, I said, you know, if you need any more help, give me a call. Well, I think we we were out of there two hours, <laughs> and the phone rang again. How does the remote work again? So that's uh, so. Luckily, we helped Helen with her remote, and she helped us by getting two interviews. Hey, listen, helping her with the remote is the least we can do uh, for all we've done. Oh my god, go check out that interview. Yeah, what's up? Really quickly, I forgot to tell you with Carol Cook yesterday. Yeah, I, I got to be in L.A. She was telling me that the first Tuesday of every month, Charlotte Ray organized a group. And it's all these, they call themselves the old Broadway broads who like what? get together in a restaurant and have lunch together. And it was, it's like her and Joanne Worley and a whole, and Karen Morrow and Nancy Dassault and a whole bunch of other people. Um, you got to go, Rob. You have to go. I wasn't invited. And she goes, the one rule we have is people can't come up and talk to us. But I think I'm going to do like a Lucy thing. Like I'm going to stick on a fake mustache and like serve mm-hmm. the food and just yeah. linger a little bit so I can hear yeah, that's everything. That's a really good idea. That's I think so too. Don't you? Oh yeah. That's so right. I said to her, I said, I said, so what do you, legit. I said, so what do you talk about? And I thought it was going to be like, remember the good old days? And she goes, Oh honey. She goes, we all talk about the worst lay we ever had. <gasps> like who, who did you lay in show business? That was really bad. And, wow. And so I asked her, okay, now you need to help me out. I said to her, I said, so Carol, I said, did anyone say the same name? Did anyone be like, oh, I slept with him and he was horrible. Yeah. Someone go, oh, ask me. She said, oh, yeah, honey. She says, but I'm not going to tell you. She says, I'll just, she goes, I'll tell you this though. She goes, all those tenors. She goes, they're so square. She goes, if you're a tenor, you can't make love. So my, so it's a tenor. It's a tenor. Oh, that's all I know. I think I have an idea of who it is, but I don't, oh I don't, I don't, I don't want to say anything because I think he was married. So, oh my gosh, amazing. So we'll 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 see. So if anyone knows who it is, we're looking for a oh tenor that was around in the golden age that apparently was not very good in bed. She's like, and they all think they're amazing. She goes, their voices. <laughs> she goes, their voices go real hot. She goes, that doesn't translate to the bedroom, honey. Oh my god. So. We, we had a good time. We um, leave you with that. We leave That's you with amazing. that. <laughs> I'm, go, go. I'm going to go lick some stamps for fun. I'll talk Bye. to you later. Hi, everybody. Bye. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. 
Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.